It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles, that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show... We're going to dive into the Al Horford trade finally being named official. We're going to talk about what Coach Mark Dagnott had to say about Al Horford, about Teo Maldon, and we're going to talk about the NBA's relaxed load managing policy. We're going to talk about the Thunder roster projection 3.0. We're going to talk about James Harden finally reporting to Houston and so much more. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. Let's dive in first to the Sal Horford trade. Nothing was surprising. Philadelphia gets Terrence Ferguson, Vincent Poyer, and Danny Green. Oklahoma City gets Al Horford, Theo Maldon, and the draft rights to a draft and stash guy who will never come over to Oklahoma City. The most important part of this, obviously, is Al Horford and Theo Maldon. Mark confirmed with the media today that those two guys are in Oklahoma City. They're going through the COVID protocols. Obviously cannot play right now, cannot practice right now, but they're going through the protocols to set themselves up to be able to join the team pretty quickly. How quickly will that be? Can they play Saturday? We don't know yet. I mean, we just don't. Maybe they could play Saturday, but I would assume that they're going to go through this quarantine period. Then they're going to have individual work. Then they're going to have teamwork just like everyone else did and and kind of get your feet wet and get your feet under you uh, basketball wise before playing games. 
I would say it's unlikely Al Horford specifically as a veteran will play on Saturday, but maybe a young guy like Tail Maldon just wants to get out there and, and get some playing time on Saturday. And, and so we'll see how that goes. Neither one of those guys are ruled out for Saturday. Uh, neither one of them are, are confirmed active as of right now for Saturday. So we'll just have to wait and see on that part of things, but they are going through pro- uh, protocols. They are in Oklahoma city and Mark had some interesting things to say about both them. Uh, for Al Horford, it was the simple stuff. Al Horford is just, you know, he's a veteran. He's a good leader on this team. Uh, he has a great career so far. We're hoping to expand upon that. All that typical coach speak things around the veteran. But with Tail Maldon, he talked about how mature Tail Maldon is for being only 19 years old and the experience he's gotten playing overseas. Whenever we talked to Tail Maldon, he said outright that he believes that the league he was playing in overseas is much better than the NCAA and that he was playing high level competition and thriving in those settings. So I am excited to see what Tail Maldon can bring to the table. He is a first round talent. I mean, he was 28 on my big board, 28 on Kevin O'Connor's big board. A lot of other people had him in the top 20. I think that he's a first round talent, period. What the rumors are and the speculation is, uh, of why he fell to the second round is because he would not agree to stay overseas. And he told us that in the media even, so much less with the team's executives, he told the media during his two pre-draft interviews with us, he, he told us that he was simply coming over this year and his next step is the NBA, that there was no draft and stash situation with Tail Maldon. And, and apparently there's rumors that that has scared off teams in the first round and did not want to, to pick him up. And for Oklahoma City, you have the ability now to give him opportunities at the NBA level to not draft and stash him. And with the 34th overall pick, a pick that you did not have entering draft night, you picked up a first round talent. So that's a, a great job in that draft. Maldon is going to be interesting to watch how he develops in the NBA. Obviously, he's mentored by Tony Parker, but the big thing with him is his athleticism or lack thereof. He's a really good playmaker. He's a good enough shooter with a lot of shooting upside, but the playmaking aspect of him, it'll be really limited, right? It'll be really limited if he cannot get to the rim. If you can play off of him, then you lose that ability somewhat to create for others. So that will be an obstacle for him. Another obstacle is while he is a a big guard, 6'4", 6'8", wingspan, he has some of that Shea issue, right? And with Shea, I think it's more of just intensity defensively, which, you know, can be fixed and will be fixed, I think. I think that he's motivated this year. He's going to play a lot of defense this year. I think with Shea, it's totally motivational-based. With Teo, there might be some athleticism problems hindering him from being a good defender. But with, with Shea, for example, if he locks in, he has the ability to switch, you know, one through three, one through four, depending on the matchups. He has the ability to switch. And he has the ability to be a really good defender. The problem with Shea is not anything about his size or athleticism. It's about getting him to lock in and getting him to stay focused for an entire series, an entire possession, an entire quarter, an entire game. But whenever you do get him to lock in, he's really good. With Tail Maldon, he has the size but doesn't have anything else, right? He has the size but he does not have the foot speed to keep up. He does not have the technique to keep up. He does not have anything else to keep up defensively. And so with Mark wanting to run that positionless style of basketball, wanting to switch everything, can he keep up with that despite his frame? Is that something that you, that you can even teach? Can you teach defense? It's something that is really talked about among basketball circles is, is if, it's, if it's taught defensively or if it's something that you just naturally have and a player just has that ability in him. So that will be two things to watch from Aldon, his ability to beat players off the dribble and his ability to play defense. Those are the two big knocks on him right now. 
But other than that, he has outstanding reviews, and that's why I think everyone had him as a first-round talent. I don't think that you can find anyone who is a respected draft analyst and see their big board have Teo Maldon below pick 30. So this is an amazing value pick for Sam Presti, which we've praised him before about this, but in a draft class that's considered weak, to get two guys with first-round talent, one guy, there's a chance he's a superstar in Alexei Pokashevsky. The other guy, there's a chance that you drafted a first-round talent in a high-level starter or contributor with pick 34. So that's a really good draft from Sam Presti. We move now into the TJ Leaf press conference, and we did get to speak with TJ Leaf, who calls Oklahoma City a first-class organization, which is a verbiage that a lot of people have used before. A lot of players have called Oklahoma City a first-class organization. And you just, I don't know about you, but it makes me really excited whenever I hear that, just as someone who's a lifelong Oklahoman, to hear all these guys have such a high opinion of this organization and this city. It's really, really encouraging to me. But he, and, and he, of all people, to, to vouch and say that, you know, many players have contacted him, whether it is, you know, before he got traded or after he got traded, about Oklahoma City and about how great Oklahoma City is and this organization is. It's very important that he's heard that from a lot of players because he's played with a lot of players who have played here. He's played with a Jeremy Lamb. He's played with Doug McDermott, who was with him whenever he got traded. I'm not sure how that worked out or like how close they are, but he, he mentions that in some way he talked to Doug McDermott immediately as he was traded to Oklahoma City. And so he's played with those two guys. He's played with Victor Ladipo. He's played with Demonte Sabonis. He's played with a lot of people who have crossed paths with this organization. And to always hear these positive reviews about the inner workings of the Thunder and this community is very encouraging. But one thing that stuck out to me past all of that was the amount of times he says the word energy. And I'm not picking on him as a speaker. I'm, I'm saying that from a basketball standpoint. The amount of times that he felt compelled to talk about the energy that Mark brings to the table, the energy that this roster has, the energy that these practices have. The more and more we hear that from players, but specifically TJ Leaf, who, who TJ Leaf talked about this nonstop, and I loved it. It really reinforces to me that the goal in this whole season will be to go up-tempo, to go positionless, to switch everything, and to be a more modern style of basketball and bring that energy night in and night out. That's what this roster should do. There's only a few guys on this roster that do not fit that mold, and we'll get to the roster projection 3.0. But energy being such a, a big part of what we've heard so far through three days, four days of training camp is very important to me because that's what Billy Donovan is all about and that's what Mark is all about. Billy Donovan always wanted to go fast and always wanted to have motion offensively. You got to see that a little bit last season, but there was only so much you could do whenever he's just boggled down with Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Paul George. Those guys kind of dictate what kind of offense, what kind of team you can run. But with this team, it's like a fresh start for everybody, and you can truly implement what you want to implement. And Mark is clearly, I think, going to have a lot of motion, going to have a lot of energy, going to go up and down, up-tempo, switchability, everything like that. So that's going to be really fun to watch for this Thunder team. So before we get into the roster projections 3.0, a couple of things were made official. Number one, Josh Hall has officially signed his two-way deal. Number two, Yort 7 officially signed and was officially waived by the Thunder. And the, weird, and the reason that they do that, right, is because Yort 7 only signed an Exhibition 10 contract, which is really just a training camp deal. And so you waive him and you sign him that contract to be able to retain his G League rights. So as long as he stays 
in the States, he's going to play for the Blue. Now, if he wants to go play abroad, then of course he can do whatever he wants to do at that point. But if he wants to play in the G League, he has to play for the Blue. And that's why you kind of make all these moves. And you're seeing them do that with a bunch of other guys like Jalen Horde, things like that. They're trying to keep them with the Blue, keep them with whatever this G League season will be. And whenever it gets started, if there's going to be a G League bubble, whatever it is, they want to keep those guys in-house and in this organization. But coming up, we are going to have our roster projection 3.0, including player profiles for those new players, where they come from, what to expect from them, and all that good stuff. But first, I want to tell you about more good stuff, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get yourself a box of Built Bars today. They have six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. These built Bars are soft and easy to chew with 100% chocolate on the outside. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. So you're going to want to get your hands on some built Bars today. They're also great pre-workout or post-workout. They're even great as a meal replacement because I find them to be just that filling. My personal favorite has to be the Cookies and Cream Built Bar. It is just amazing. Of the original flavors, though, it was the banana bread. So get yourself a sample box of Built Bars. Try all these Built Bars and see which one becomes your favorite. Do so by going to BuiltBar.com today. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We are back on Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Because on Thursday, we're going to be talking with Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. He also works for Yahoo. He is absolutely amazing when it comes to fantasy basketball. And so we're going to have him on tomorrow to talk about fantasy basketball, get you set for your fantasy leagues, and talk about the impact that some Oklahoma City Thunder players could have this season, both in the fantasy realm and the actual Hardwood. So we'll talk to him on Thursday. On Friday, we're back to previewing games. We're going to have Stockwatch. We're going to have the Spurs preview for the preseason opener. Thunder basketball is back on Saturday. How crazy is that? And then next week, we're going to have our recap of the Spurs game, previews of the Bulls games, but also we're going to have our season previews. We're going to do prop bets over unders. We're going to talk with many members. We're going to do it all next week to get you set for the season. This is going to be a fun, 
fun time. But right now, let's get you set with the roster projection 3.0 and player profiles for the new guys. It starts out easy, right? Whenever you're going to sit down and project this roster, there's a few names that have to be on there. Obviously, Shea, Dort, Baisley. We, we've talked at nauseum about all three guys. We won't spend too much time on them right now. They're a lock, and they're a lock for the starting lineup, in my opinion. Then you have Hamadou Diallo, who is the highest tenure Thunder player on this roster from 2018, drafted in the second round of 2018, and he's the, the highest tenured Thunder player. And then, of course, Al Horford, and he's one of the new faces. Al Horford comes over from Boston. Uh, he's played in Atlanta, played in Boston as well. He's a really good shooter for his size, a really good playmaker for his size, and an amazing rebounder, an amazing defender. And I think that he can find himself having a turnaround season. It will not be to the extent of Chris Paul, an all-NBA caliber season or an MVP caliber season. It will not be to that extent. But he can improve his image around the league just like Chris Paul did in Oklahoma City this year because this style and this system will be way more conducive to his strengths. And I really like that from Al Horford. Good defender, good rebounder, good playmaker. Whenever you're trying to do this, this switchability, when you're trying to do this positionless basketball, Al Horford can help you there. His ability to stretch the floor can really help Shea develop as a point guard. There are a lot of things I like about Al Horford and his fit in Oklahoma City. And then you move on to George Hill, an elite spot-up shooter. He comes over from the Bucks last year. He's a great leader, great locker room guy, and an amazing veteran. And I think that George Hill will be on this roster come opening night. I think that if you trade George Hill, it'll be in the in the trade deadline area because there is something of value to what he can bring to a locker room. This is somebody who's not a me guy. He's a we guy. Does not care about going off the bench. Does not care about starting. And he's really trying to impact this locker room. And you and you really hear him talk. And I've been in his. I've been inside of his Zoom conferences and things like that. You hear him talk. And he sounds like a coach. He's, he sounds so proud of Shea and Baisley and Dort and their development. And he's already so involved in that and invested in that. And he's only been able to be around them for three days. He truly cares about development. And so that presence in the locker room is worth the first half of the season. And then you can trade him at the deadline if you need to, or if you want to, or if he has value. Number seven, Alexei Pukashevsky. First-round pick by Oklahoma City, obviously came over this year, obviously signed his contract already. He's a big man that plays like a guard. Still unclear how much he'll play this year. I think he'll get a lot of bench minutes, and he'll find a way into this rotation. I think he'll find his way in there sooner rather than later, uh, but we'll see what Mark decides to do with Poku. But then you have Justin Jackson, who comes over from the Dallas Mavericks, former first-round pick, supposed to be a 3-and-D guy, has not panned out so far this uh go around in the NBA. We'll see if this landing spot is better for him, but I do think Justin Jackson makes the team. I also think that Frank Jackson, new addition, makes the team. We've talked to Frank Jackson with the media availabilities and also the way that Mark has brought him up before. It just seems like there is a plan to keep Frank Jackson on this roster. Mark calls him a forceful guard. He played for the Pelicans last year, had a really good bubble bubble stretch, and the Thunder loved this guy in 2017. They loved him in his draft, and he even mentioned to us in the media that the Thunder, one of the first teams to interview him during that draft process. So this has been in the works for a long time. TJ Leaf, same type of thing. The Thunder loved him in his draft, but the Pacers drafted him, and he never really cracked their rotation, never cracked their starting lineup, and just could not find consistent minutes and a good role for him in Indiana. And now he's in Oklahoma City. You got that with the Jalen the Q trade. And then you have Tail Maldon. We talked about him before. Second-round pick this year. Uh, we'll see what he can do. Tony Parker uh, mentored him, so... If maybe he can turn to Tony Parker, that'd be great. 
Ty Jerome is the last man standing from the CP3 trade. Uh, he's a sophomore player with a ton of range and can stretch the floor for Shea and play shooting guard. Uh, Mike Muscali, you know about him. Admiral Schofield from Tennessee University, positionless player, modern player, but still does not really know what the fit is for him. I mean, positionless sounds good and all, but you also can't have tweeners, and that's exactly what Admiral is. He really truly has no position, and that's a bit of a detriment to him because it's not like he's a small forward, power forward combo. He's like half of a small forward, half of power forward, and it adds up to nothing whenever you put them together. I also think that Isaiah Roby makes this team. I know that a lot of fans are kind of down on him or think that he's an easy cut. I think that Oklahoma City likes him. I think that there's still some talent there that's untapped. Of course, Oklahoma City got him last year, though, in the Justin Patton trade with Dallas. But Dallas gave Roby at the time what was the largest contract for a second-round player ever. And there is still some NBA talent in there. I think that he makes the team, and he's one of the last players on this roster. And then you have your two-way guys, Josh Hall and Moses Brown. Josh Hall is a two-way player who was a five-star recruit that skipped going to North Carolina State and elected to skip college, and now he goes undrafted. He's an amazing athlete. He's fun to watch, a small forward, going to maybe play some combo guard at the NBA level, and he's going to be someone who really develops into a special player, but who knows how long that will take. And then Moses Brown, the second two-way contract, 7-2 or something from UCLA, a center. I don't think he has a very bright NBA future, but on this team, why not let him play some center minutes and see what can happen as you start to hand out some NBA two-way contracts. So again, my roster without the without the added notes on each player, my roster, Shea, Dort, Baisley, Diallo, Horford, Hill, Poku, Jackson, Jackson, Justin and Frank, TJ Leaf, Teo Maldon, uh, Ty Jerome, Mike Muscala, Admiral Schofield, Isaiah Roby, Josh Hall, Moses Brown. How do we get there? How do you get to that 17-player mark, including the two-way contracts? Well, there's a lot of different avenues you can take, and, and there's still some questions about if my projections are correct. Again, these are only projections, and as you've seen, they've changed since 2.0. But we're going to talk about how you get there coming up. But first, I want to tell you about Built Go, because Built Go is an amazing one and a half ounce package that you can put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get you through the day. Built Go is amazing. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, gets into your system. Plus it is easy on your stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. Built Go has it all, including that, that protein, which promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better, so check them out. Built Go can help you break through your mental wall, your physical wall, and help get you through your day. They're really, really good, and really, it's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine. It is incredible. That's great results to get you through your day. Whenever you have those long days at the office, whenever you had a long day, nine to five, and you got to sit down and watch the Thunder play and get you through the night, or maybe the Thunder play a West Coast game coming up, they're going to be coming in handy this NBA season. So hop aboard at BuiltGo.com, promo code LOCKED, BuiltGo.com, promo code LOCKED, 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I want to let you know about the Locked On NBA season preview. That's right, the wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a very special week of shows beginning December 14th. It gets you previews from every single team, division by division, from all 30 of our local Locked On experts, including myself, with Locked On Thunder, plus waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, the NBA draft expert, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. So subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast from and enjoy their daily NBA content. So how did we get to our roster? How did we get to the roster projection 3.0? Well, there's one of two ways to go about this. Obviously, in my projections, I did not have Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza is away from the team right now. He's not reporting. He's dealing with some some family issues. It's the same issues that kept him from joining his team inside the Disney World bubble. Oklahoma City was made aware of this before they made this acquisition, and they seem to be very supportive of him. But for this projection, I do have them waiving Trevor Ariza and his $12.8 million and allowing him to hit the open market for whenever he can solve his issues uh, off the court. And if he ever does want to return to the NBA game this year. So you can waive him, waive Darius Miller, $7 million, waive Kendrick Williams, $2 million. None of those guys have long-term money tied up to them. And so you can get off them relatively cheap, you know, 12.8, 7 million and 2 million. And then you've solved your, your roster crunch problems. But if the Thunder want to keep Trevor Reza, they want to keep his rights. That way, if he does want to return to basketball, you can trade him to a contender for a second round pick, two second round picks or whatever. Then in that case, I think it comes down to Admiral Schofield and Isaiah Roby in a battle in camp and in preseason for who makes this team. And right now, I would give the edge to Admiral Schofield, but that's because we just heard Mark Dignott rave about how amazing this guy is on and off the court. Uh, in today's media availability. But those two guys are names to watch if you want to keep Trevor Reza, in my opinion. Financially, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if you cut Isaiah Roby or Admiral Schofield. They both are the same dead money with no guaranteed money beyond this year. So that's kind of where the Thunder are at roster-wise. Let me know your roster projection on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And I want to talk about the NBA news and notes real quick. Uh, the first bit of news drastically correlates with Oklahoma City, and that is that the NBA is allowing stars to load manage on non-national TV games. That's a big deal for Oklahoma City. If you've listened before, I appreciate you. You know where I'm going with this, but Oklahoma City has one quote-unquote national televised game, which to be honest with you, I do not think the NBA would fit into this, this national TV game rule. 
I think that the NBA would allow the Sixers to rest on that NBA TV game, but let's just let's just add that just to be extremely safe, right? They have one national TV game, and that's against the Sixers on NBA TV. So any other time throughout the Thunder's schedule, if they play a team who has players that need to load manage and need some rest and need some off days, the Thunder are a very viable opponent to do so. It's not going to be on national TV, so you're not going to get fined. Your team nor your player will get fined. It is against a team who should not make any noise in the postseason, should not make it even close to the postseason, and should be tanking. But, however, the caveat here is that Oklahoma City, I don't think, is a team that will get run over night in and night out. I think that they keep every single game close. They just so happen to follow up on the losing end of it. So this is where it plays in for Oklahoma City. If teams begin to load manage against them because those games are not on national television, then you run into that problem that we talked about with COVID on on a couple episodes ago. You run into that problem of this team is not bad. This team is not going to get blown out each night. And so when you take away those big hitters, you take away those big players, those big-time players, then the Thunder start winning more games than they should. And so how COVID affects tanking and how COVID affects winning a championship, I think are pretty similar. But something to watch for. The NBA has relaxed their load-managing uh, their load managing rules for non-national television games. Now, for national TV games, I think that they've gotten even stricter, that they're really not going to let anything fly this year. You better play. If you're on TNT, if you're on ESPN, if you're on ABC, you better be playing in that game unless you're seriously hurt because they want to make all that money possible. They want to make their TV partners happy. They want to do all those good things. But for non-national television games, this is a big deal. And Oklahoma City has zero of them. So they're a likely candidate to be getting the the short end of the stick in the sense of teams load managing against them. Moving on now, the NBA also relaxed the uh, they relaxed the whole coaches have to wear a suit every single game policy. Now you cannot roll up in sweatpants on a sweatshirt like Stan Van Gundy would love to, but you also do not need to be wearing a suit anymore. It will look a lot like it did in the bubble. Coaches can wear polos. Coaches can wear some nice business attire, but this, it does not have to be an entire suit. So I'm interested to see what Mark Dagnott goes with because we've never seen him on the sidelines before. We don't know what kind of guy he has on the sidelines in the NBA. Will he still opt for the suit? Will he, still, will he opt for the polo? Will he opt for just the button-up and tie? What is he going to go with on the sidelines? I still think that Mark's kind of a suit guy. I think even with the relaxed policy, he looks like a suit guy. He's going to wear the sport coat, probably going to take it off midway through the game each game. He's going to wear the sport coat to start the game. That's just kind of the vibe I'm getting right now from Mark Dagnut. But we'll see if I'm right come Saturday, I guess, because that's going to be the first preseason game. Lastly, James Harden has finally reported to Houston after this wild ride, but it was not quite so tamed whenever he got to Houston. He did go to the Toyota Center for testing for, for COVID protocols. He got tested and everything like that. I would imagine that much like how Horford and Tao Maldon, that James Harden will need to go through the same process. He'll need to get tested, then stay in quarantine for a little bit, and then get to play. Uh, but that's what is going on with James Harden. However, there was still some drama around Houston, even as he reports. Because now, another report surfaced that he's, he's kind of broadened his teams that he's looking at. Before, it was just trade me, trade me right now, and trade me to Brooklyn. Now, he's open to Philadelphia. He's open to these other contenders. We don't know who the other contenders are, but it's it's Brooklyn, Philadelphia, plus some teams. So now the scope gets bright, uh, broader here, and James Harden's willing to go other places. Not that he has a no-trade clause, but still, he's he's willing to, to go other places and other destinations. He wants to win a championship. But for me, if he really wants to be in Brooklyn... 
What's going to stop him from doing this again in a year? What's going to stop him from just leaving in two years and declining that player option? So why would I offer a package better than what Brooklyn has? Or, or better than what Brooklyn could give up? And then can you, is James Harden reliable on and off the floor? I mean, we're seeing what he's doing right now. We're seeing right now what he's doing off the floor in the middle of a global pandemic. So that should tell you a lot right there. On the court, is he very reliable? I mean, did you watch the 2012 finals? Did you watch the 27 straight missed threes? So, I mean, why would I, if I'm Daryl Morey, give up Ben Simmons and a treasure trove of first-round picks for James Harden, who I'm not sure can fit with Joel Embiid. I think it's a better fit than Ben Simmons is. But still, why would I give up all of that for someone who is not very reliable? Now, maybe the, the personal relationship with Daryl Morey can help that out and can help James kind of recenter himself. But there are still a lot of questions to me about this James Harden trade. I think that it ultimately ends with Brooklyn because it's a Stars league and Stars get what they want. I think it ends in Brooklyn and that Brooklyn just gives them a ton of picks. And for Houston, I don't understand the quabble with this. Do what Oklahoma City did. Do exactly what Oklahoma City did. Take all of their draft picks. Take each and every one of them. Now with Oklahoma City, they did get Shea as well. But take all of their draft picks, every single one that they can spare within the rules, Whatever they can trade within the rules, take them all. Because who's to say this works? Who's to say? A year ago at this time, everyone was convinced that Kawhi and Paul George was the best duo ever. That Kawhi and Paul George would complement themselves so well and complement each other so well that they both wanted to be in L.A. They were both happy to be there. They were both content. You fast forward a year later, and now we sit here present day with a murky future at best in L.A., with role players upset at the two stars, with a locker room that is in disarray, with Serge Ibaka being praised in 2020 as their biggest addition, with Ty Lue coming to save the franchise. Take all of Brooklyn's picks because you know what you have in that locker room at that point? You have three very volatile players. You have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie Irving, and you have James Harden. Three ball-dominant players that don't play well off the ball. Except for Kevin Durant, of course. Kevin Durant can play very well off the ball. But it does no good for him to play off the ball if no one else is going to facilitate that. So I'm not including Kevin Durant in that off-the-ball comment. But you have three guys on the floor who I'm not sure can work on the floor. And I'm damn sure not sure that they can work off the floor. So take every last one of their picks and just pray it blows up. Oklahoma City did this and they got lucky. They got lucky that Los Angeles is now in ruins. Potentially. That Houston is in disarray. And that and that Houston is just gone off the deep end. But you got to take that chance. You've got to take that chance. Your return is not getting any better. Getting uncomfortable is not helping you at all. What helped Oklahoma City is that they didn't get uncomfortable. Like a thief in the night, they just went out there dropped a little woge bomb, and all of a sudden, the entire franchise changed. All of a sudden, you lost to Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I understand that Karis LeVert is not Shea, but you're never going to get the return that you think you will for a player. So take Karis LeVert, take Spencer Dinwiddie, and then take literally each and every one of their picks. Because I guarantee you that that trio is not going to last long term. It's just not. At best, they're going to get three years out of that trio. At best. So make them pretty distant picks. 
And also make them the near future picks. Make them every single pick that they own. Make Brooklyn sell their soul to get this trio. That's what I would do if I was in Houston right now. Once again, on tomorrow's show, we'll talk with Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. And then on Friday's show, we're going to dive into the preseason. We're going to preview the Spurs game. We're going to talk about what to watch for this preseason. And we're going to do Stock Watch Friday. So a lot to get into on Friday. This is Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. I am Rylan Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Thunder. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 